Welcome back to the Frizz and the Grease podcast with your hosts, Prudo and D. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Frizz and the Grizz. Back on its proper day, Tuesday. Today is February, I think, 27th, if I'm correct. That's right. You got it, man. Uh, thank you for joining us live on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook. We appreciate it. Love all y'all watching us live. Much love. Or next day, we're also on podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you people get your fine podcasts. Hook your boys up. Remember, rate, subscribe review we appreciate it but first before we get started d what it do what it do baby happy tuesday glad to be back felt like it was a long week but i'm glad to be here uh, i was a little exhausted this morning but ready to bring it today especially because we got a lot on tap for you guys yeah lots of mba right we're going to talk a little uh, mvp race we're also going to get into nfl to draft season or lying season, as I like to call it, because everyone has little secrets and saying lies, who's going to draft what. But so NFL free agency, NFL draft, lots of sports, good show. I did want to start off with UD on this. Did cool, you I see, got something too. Oh, you got something too? Ooh, dueling, we got somethings. I'll go first. I want to oh. know how you feel about what happened between Duke and Wake Forest and the player Kyle Filipowski getting, yeah, inj- right. getting injured by fans rushing the court. So, two feelings for this one. A, I don't like it because I don't like seeing somebody get hurt for it. But B, I think I'm starting to become, and I'm wearing a you know South Carolina shirt right now, which is weird, but I think I'm becoming more of a North Carolina fan than I used to be Duke because mm. all I hear is bitching. Like, honestly, I'm like, all right, I get it. Like, he should, like, I saw the Caitlin Clark thing too. Like, that mm. sucks. She, she was sprinting, right? She didn't see it coming. This dude looked like he's kind of stuck his leg out, tried to trip the dude, and then got hurt because he tried to trip somebody. So, like, he was kind of like, oh, you want to run on the court? Here you go. And then he got hurt. So, it's like, I hear a bunch of bitching, honestly. I, that doesn't mean that I don't like the, the, stor- the, the crowd storming because, like, it is dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not surprised that, like, there are people that are getting hurt. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. But, honestly, like I said, I think I'm catering more towards being a North Carolina fan because I see this and I'm just like, shut up, bro. Just... Get back to the fucking locker room. So, so let me get this right. It's okay that he got hurt and they stormed the court because it's Duke and you're a North Carolina guy now. I'm not. I don't want to commit yet because, <laughs> like, if you look at my phone when it says favorites, favorites, it's one of them is Duke. Not that I am a Duke basketball fan, but like I like to see how they're doing. But like I think I'm like as this is panning out and like just the crying that I'm hearing, I'm like, damn, I kind of can see why people don't like Duke. So like, bro, man up. Uh, but I, I don't like that he got hurt. That's 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 obviously a bad thing. I don't know what they're going to do, but I don't like the store court, the store court storming. It's not easy to say. Yes, yeah. trust me. Or, I hold on to or storming the field like in football, only because dude, someone's going to get really hurt when like not just like a player getting run over by someone, but Doug, you run onto the football field and talk some shit to some defensive lineman who's had a tough day and and or want you know you you got drunk kids in the in the crowd. Dude, someone's gonna get punched in the face, and like a player's gonna get jumped by like five dudes. Like it's it's bound to happen. Something terrible, like a malice in the palace situation. Something's not about to happen. Something did happen. Did I miss something? Did you forget about Legarrette Blunt? Like yes, Legarrette Blunt. I forgot about that. Oregon? Yes, the the crowd stormed the field. Oregon lost. Dude got all up in his face, and he said, "Oh yeah," and he pieced them up. And it's like it, these are college kids. Like yes, we have to hold you know the college athlete to a higher standard. 
But like there's still 18, 19 year olds and there's a bunch of 18, 19 year olds drunkenly running on the field. So if one of them yaps their mouth and yeah, he's going to punch him in his face. And like I got, I'm, I'm all for that type of nonsense. But yeah, like I don't want to see it stopped, but there's got to be a way of like, let's get these guys off the court first and then feel free to, you know, have at it or get them off the field and have at it because it, it you, I don't want to see a major player get hurt because of something yeah. like that. I mean, I'm. On the on the flip side, I'm, I'm kind of here for like some of the ridiculousness. Do you remember uh, last season when Tennessee beat Alabama? Yes, and they literally Tennessee students took down the goalpost and threw it in the lake. I'm here for that. Yeah. That sort of yeah. stuff. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I'm all, like I'm with it. It's just I don't want to see somebody get hurt because of it. Yeah, it's it's stupid, and I mean I understand because I was once a stupid college kid, but someone's gonna get fucked up one day and it's gonna suck. But what'd you got for me? I got two things for you. Um, first, somebody had mentioned it. So big shouts to it might have been one of your family members. Um, you have a switched. You got to fix that shit because right now I'm on the right and you're on the left. So figure that shit out, producer. Thank you. Yeah. Weirdly and oddly enough, my camera is right in front of me. So like when I'm on the other side, I'm staring at it. It looks like I'm like one of those. <laughs> at least when it's when I'm here, now it looks like I'm looking right at the camera. I'm glad so you like, mentioned that because I, for weeks, have thought you were not paying attention to me when I talked. No, I'm I, my camera's right there. So like I've been trying to stare at that, but like when I'm on the other side, it makes it look like I'm looking like this, and I don't like that. Uh, so big shouts to whoever it was that mentioned it on our Facebook page. Clearly, you guys are watching. Uh, second is this came up because I was a doing this list. For later on today, but I also thought about it like for other words we use. What are some of the words that like you have to sound out in order to spell it? Like things oh, that bother bruh. you. You one of them being Wednesday for me every time. Wednesday. I gotta like I have to say that. And then another one because it just came up was Adidas, and I was just Adidas. like, and then I was like all day I dream about sports. Like every time I was like, yep, that's what it is. Like that's how you spell it. So like, is there a, is there a word that like you struggle with that you have to do that? Well, first, I think they say in Europe they call it Adidas, so that might be the reason why it's spelled differently. Dude, you don't even know. You can ask my wife. I am the world's worst speller. Like, I thank God every day that they created autocorrect because I would be thought of as, like, the village idiot if it wasn't for that. Uh, one word that gets me, like, every day, separate. I don't know why. <laughs> I just, I fuck That's it up every day. I I yeah. spell shit so badly that I would say half the time autocorrect just like double middle finger to you. I don't even know. We're just gonna leave the squiggly line and say you figure it out. So I'm not the person to talk to here. There is a um one of one of our listeners. If he's watching, to be cool. If not, it's fine. But we, there's somebody in one of my group chats that he there's the same word that he messes up all the time and every time he does i'm like yo that word just whooping your ass for years it's like it's to the you gotta point tell me where the word, though. Like, you, you gotta tell saying, me the word what's that what's the word i gotta I, I would have to search for it but like it's to the point where his phone doesn't even fix it anymore he's just he's typed it wrong so many times that when oh. he sends it to us we're just like yeah we, we know what you mean but like that word is still whooping your ass i got i got the one the wet the wedding day for you Here's the mm -hmm. word. I got you. I just thought about it. It's, it whoops my ass for a whole month and then I don't have to worry about it again. February. Why is there yeah. an R? <laughs> February. Yeah. Every time gets me every fucking time. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that one. It's so weird that like as I was as I was writing it down, I was like, oh my goodness, like Adidas is really hard to, to write. 
And then I was like, oh, that, that makes sense. That's one of the words that I have struggled with. Same thing with Wednesday. Is it A-D-D-I-D-A-S? No, it's it's all day I dream about sports. So all day A-D-I-D-A-S. Adidas. That's why it's Adidas. Probably, yeah, if that's what you if that's how you call it. That's how you do it. All right, let's get into some sports stuff. I want to get into uh this, the grievance of the poor Celtics fan because I've heard a lot of this week. So let's talk about some uh, fraudulent MVP cases. This, this topic just really spurns off, you know, got spurred off of a group chat I was in, and I wanted to hear if you have any sympathy for the Celtics fan and Jason Tatum. So. MVP race right now, I kind of give you like a, like a feel for like where the votes are going as far as first, second, third, fourth, based on the Vegas odds. So you can get a feel for like how heavily favored or how low MVP people are MVP. Jokic out in front, minus 155. He's odds on favorite. Followed by SGA, plus 220. So a little bit behind him, but there's a considerable gap. Bigger gap, Luka at third, plus 700. A bigger gap, twice as big gap, plus 1,500 Giannis, and then plus 4,000 is after that. So it was like a, a huge gulp again after that for Jason Tatum. And I wanted to, um, and what's the word? You said you found the word, by the way. I just need to stop the show. And what's the word that he fucks up? No, I, don't, I don't want to say it, but it's Gorchab. It's every time he writes gotcha, G O T C H, his phone auto corrects it to Gorchab because he's fucked up so many times. How do you screw sorry, up gotcha? No, I'm sorry. No, I'm glad you we stopped it. Gordy, if for anybody that's got their phone out, please don't be driving and texting if you listen to us tomorrow. But go pull out your phone, go pull out your keyboard, and try to write gotcha and just see the letters that are next to it, G O. And then when he goes to type the T, he puts R. And then when he puts the C H, he gl- grabs it. But then instead of the A, he hits B for some reason, and he sends Gorchab all the time. And I like I literally sent it back to him, that Gorchab be whooping your ass, bro. Like every time you're gonna say it. To I want to talk MVP stuff, but really quick, really quick. Are you? I am pro voice to text. Does that mean I'm an old man? Are you pro voice to text? Pro. I am so against voice to text. Like like you talk like, to the phone, I, it translates it to text. I I hate it. With oh, a passion. I love it. Love it. Like I'm. I'm glad that I don't do fun, that. Fun fact, I did that to you all today, so you didn't even notice. Anywho, nope, did not. MVP case. So back to what we were saying. Um, there's like a huge gap between Tatum and the top four, which is, you know, a little gap between those four, but whatever. This week, Celtics propagandist Kendrick Perkins has been spreading the Celtics gospel saying that it's ridiculous that Jason Tatum's not considered for MVP, blah, 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 blah. He's the best player on the best team. And of course, your boy Stephen A. Smith's all with that, all with that nonsense. And I just want to put it out there that this Jason Tatum Celtics propaganda that's going around is complete nonsense. I'll let you give your opinion, but I have some stats in front of me. And these top four guys are having amazing season. And Tatum is not even close to touching what they're doing. So and the tough part is like when I talk about the Celtics, it comes off as me being a green teamer that I hate. Like I like I hate the Celtics. And it's not that I don't. I'll just I'll be real with them. Celtic, I mean, Jason Tatum's not having an MVP type season. No. He just happens to be on the best team in the NBA right now. He's got Porzingis, which is helping him. He's got Jalen Brown, who's his running mate. He's got uh, I want to say it's Derek. Derek um, White's been awesome. Thank you. 
Like he's got he's got a team, which is great. And yes, usually the best player on the best team is in the running for uh, for MVP. But like his numbers are down compared to last year. Last year would have been the better season for him to win it. The issue also that's going to come with Tatum is because he's been in the league for what now seven years. I think it's year seven for him. And he went to the finals. He's playing against history, meaning people want to see him do something before we give you this award, meaning you got to the finals and you shit the bed. Mm. And it's almost like people are like the voters are holding that against him. Like, how can we give this guy an MVP when there's other people that are outperforming him and they've or others that have won a finals? We can't just give it to him because he's the most talented player in the NBA, which I would say he definitely is up there for most talented but that doesn't mean you're you're the most valuable. Yeah, and I think that's the argument that kind of held Jokic back last year was he didn't have playoff success, and voters just got fatigued with giving Jokic votes. They gave it to Embiid instead. And with Tatum, it's like, yeah, he has the track record of making the playoffs but not being able to get over the top. And just like numbers-wise, like I looked at some of the, the, the core stats, like the basic stats, points, rebounds, assists, and then I looked at some advanced stats. The the top four guys are all about like similar as far as both statistical categories are concerned. There's a huge gap between Tatum and everybody else. So, for example, points per game, right? Jokic, I believe he's third. SGA is second. Um, oh, actually, Jokic is seventh. So, we have seven Jokic, SGA two, Luka one, Giannis three. Tatum is 10th. Assist. Yeah. Say Tatum's 71. The other guys are all top 30. Um, do you know what win shares is? Uh, how many wins you're responsible for by your play? Yeah, so I have win shares per 48, so it's a normalized value. Those f- top four guys are all top four. Tatum is 17. Here's the most damning stat. So this is a metric that kind of captures how much are you contributing to winning yourself. Again, the top four guys ahead of Tatum, all top four and win shares per 48. Tatum 17. You know who six is? Kristaps Porzingis, which tells me that Tatum's not even the most important pivotal player to his own team. Granted, do I think he's a better player than Porzingis? Absolutely. But do I think Porzingis means more to the Celtics than Jason Tatum does? I think so. I think if you take Tatum off the Celtics for a playoff series, I think they can still get by. You take out Porzingis... They are in a world of trouble because he means so much to them defensively. He means so much for them spacing the floor offensively and getting rebounds in the paint. I just don't understand why there's this Celtics propaganda going around that Jason Tatum is being disrespected because he's not in the top four with everybody else as, as an MVP candidate. It just makes it, no sense. My bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, it's what I had mentioned at the beginning of the season. And I, I, I'm not saying that like this is definitely being held up against them because like, granted, he's having a good season. All yeah, I saw that too. All of his, like you had mentioned, major stats that we're going to talk about when it comes to uh, basketball points, rebounds, assists, right? They are all down compared to last year that he had. Every single one of them, he's got less points, he's got less assists, and he's got less rebounds. He's had more sparks, right? He's had more of those 40, 50 point games, but then he has a 18, 19 point game to follow it up, right? And that's what's been, a, I would say, a kick in the ass. But like what I what I mentioned at the beginning of the season was, you, you can't have your success penned on the, 
the people that aren't named Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And that's exactly what it is right now, where if Porzingis goes down, this team is going to struggle. And we've already seen that he's he's not really elevating himself. He's not separating himself to be the guy that's supposed to lead the team in the East. He just happens to be a, an extremely talented player on the best team in the NBA who has the best starting six. Mm-hmm. Honestly, starting five. They have the best starting six in the, in the league, and it's showing. So, like, that's hurting him because of it. Yeah, and I want to be I want to be fair to Tatum. Like, I don't think this is damning to him as a player or as a person. It's just his team is so good around him that his greatness does not shine through it, right? And the team's success is not due to him. And that's kind of what MVP is. It's not best player, best team. It's who is the most pivotal and valuable to your team's success. And because there's so much collective talent, it's really hard to give it to a guy like Jason Tatum. Um, but I didn't want to, I want to mention how amazing, like just looking at these stats, how amazing Jokic's season is. And then I wanted to use that as a springboard to our next topic. Dude, this is insane. So all the, all the key metrics, ready? <coughs> he is seventh in points per game or points per hundred possession, fourth in assists for point for, for hundred possession, eighth in rebound, first in wind shares for 48, first in box plus minus by a lot, which is like the difference between him on court and off court and how the team produces. And he's second in player efficiency rating. He is top 10 in every major, major statistical category, both from the advanced analytics and basic analytics. And it just made me like kind of ponder, like, is this guy one of the greatest of all time in front of our very eyes? And we're just kind of ignoring because he's this big fat loaf of bread that plays in Denver that no one cares about. Um, and I and it wanted it brought me to a a question I threw on a, a group chat earlier this week. And I want to get your opinion. I think Nikola Jokic already t- today. Let's just say hypothetical. We'll go hypothetical that the odds for MVP holds and he wins his third MVP. At that point, he would have three MVPs. I don't know how many All Star selections. Probably like six or something at this point. Uh, several All M- All NBA. A finals MVP, a finals and a, and a championship. If he wins MVP this year, I think he is already after this year, regardless of this playoff run, a top twenty player of all time. And I could agree. With okay, I have the I list. Agree. I have the list of from the top seventy-five NBA players of all time. Their list from one to seventy-five, and I found the spot where I think he fits in perfectly on this list. I'll start from one and move myself back, and we'll just we'll skip over the first one. So I'm going to ask you: Is he better than this player or lesser than this player all time? The first okay. couple we can just go breeze by. Starting at one: MJ, LeBron, Kareem, Magic, Will, Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Tim Duncan. I think we can all agree like all those guys are are more impressive as a full career. Oscar Robinson, Kobe, Shaq. I I disagree. We both disagree with number. 16, 12 a little bit. Kevin Durant came in at 12. Honestly, I think Jokic's career will be superior to Kevin Durant when it's all said and done, but we'll, we'll move on from that. This is where it gets interesting. Hakeem Elijah won. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you. At this moment or end of his career? If, if hypothetically, he wins MVP this year, we don't worry. We don't, I'm not going to talk about winning a championship this year. Just another MVP. Where, where would that put Jokic? Uh, below him. Okay, I agree. Be- behind him, sorry. Julius Serving. 
Dr. J. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Um, above him. Ooh, spicy. I, I still, I pushed him down a little bit. Uh, damn, I, re- I really scribbled that one. Scribbled that one. <laughs> Can't read your own writing. Yeah, we'll, we'll skip that one, the next one, because I didn't have him below. Um, I had him below. Steph Curry at 16. Oh, behind him. Okay, this is where I think he fits in. I think I think if he wins MVP this year, all time, Jokic is the 17th greatest NBA player of all time. Number 17 currently, Dirk Nowitzki. I think Jokic, if he wins MVP this year, he is a greater player of all time than Dirk. I don't know how many MVPs Dirk has. I think maybe one. Dirk has one championship. We're talking three MVPs, and we're talking about a guy who does it on multiple levels, shooting three-point shots, assists, rebounds, scoring, can do everything. Dirk's game to me is just so limited in his accolades. While he did have all-star appearances, one championship, I don't know, man. I'd give it the argument to say that would be one bless. Um, that would be one that I would argue with, not for or against. I would just argue with, kind of like devil's advocate. So I, I'd hear you on that one. Number 18, Spicy. Giannis. Let's just go, as of today, more impressive overall career. Giannis, Jokic. So try to clear the dead ear air. Same number of MVPs, same number of championships, same number of finals MVPs. Now, I'm under the assumption Jokic will win the MVP this year. I'm still going to go Giannis. Really? Okay. Yeah, reason being is I think it was a harder task for Giannis to pull his team to a championship. Granted, he's got the two MVPs also. I think it was a harder task for him to bring Milwaukee to a championship than it had been where Denver has a better team and has been a better team in the West with surrounding pieces. That That's that's my argument. To, not to say it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I, that would be my reason why I would say Giannis. Just the, the slight nod, even with the MVPs, just because that season that well, Milwaukee put together to take down... You know, all those teams in the East was was not easy. Championship teams on both on both sides. Both teams won the championship. The Bucks had top three: Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. Yep. The Denver Nuggets top three: Jokic, Jamal Murray, blank. Who's number three? Aaron Gordon. MPJ. So I mean, so, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, and that's why I didn't say I was. I'm not saying that I'm right or wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying I would just give the benefit for the what Milwaukee had to go through. They went through KD and the Nets. They went through the Celtics, and I can't remember their their first round. It was probably the Hawks. Well, but like they well, went, they went through three teams because they got to beat the Suns in the championship, right? So like they went through the Suns, they went through the the KD and Nets, and they went through the Celtics. You got to That's a hell of a run. I mean, Jokic went through KD and the Suns, only lost two to them, swept the Lakers, LeBron, AD, and then you know you were all about riding with the Miami Heat. They they stomped on the Heat. They lost four games to win that championship. Four games. Which is why I said that team was better. That, no, I'm saying that the, the I'm saying they were better because Jokic is better. Record player, but I would say the Nuggets. I think they had a better team for their championship run than the than the Bucks did. But again, that that's why this would be the debate. You yeah. go back and forth All right, because that's a good spot that you're saying. Last couple, maybe we can maybe we can settle around the end of the top twenty. Then Jerry West, Jokic, oh, better, better. Jok- Jokic is better. I think Jerry West is highly. Yeah, I think Jerry West is highly overrated. Elgin Baylor, 
um, recency bias. I didn't really watch or remember too much of Jokic. Baylor, so uh, I would say better than. So I think I think we can agree. Like MVP higher 19, eight, 17, 18, 19, 20 area. I, would I say think yes. he has. This, yeah, I think KG got kind of screwed. I just want to mention this. KG was twenty one. I feel like he was a little screwed there, but it's okay. Yeah, but you got to think. He's he got to think if if Jokic gets another one, he's he is better than KG. We we love the story of a Kevin Garnett. Trust me, high schooler did what he could in in Minnesota, got his championship, and then fell off after. But the consistency behind what Jokic is doing with more MVPs, then yeah, I would say he he had a, might have a better career. Yeah, maybe not a better player athletically, but like a. He's had a better career. Two things really quick. Number one, I just think those fan, people who like the NBA, people listening to our podcast, like I think you're watching a rare unicorn right now, Nikola Jokic. Like we can agree he's probably, as of today, a top 20 player of all time. Try to appreciate the man while he's playing. Watch his games. I feel like a lot of times as NBA fans, we get caught up in storylines and hate people for some reason, like LeBron. People are going to hate on LeBron his whole career. And then when he retires, you're like, man, instead of just enjoying him as a player, we were a hater. I'm just saying with Jokic, he's he's that good. Spend some time, watch a couple Nuggets game. Secondly, I just want a question for you. What would Jokic have to do the rest of his career to crack the top 10? So that would be, oh boy, that would be moving above Kobe and kicking Kobe out of the top 10. What would he have to like? What would he have to do accomplish the rest of the way to get to that level? He would have to do. So I'm glad you actually asked that question because I wrote it down, but I almost just missed it. So thank you for asking. I think to crack the top 10, he would need to do more with championships. One is great. One puts, yes, one puts you in an area. Uh, before I get to, let me make the point. One puts you as, you know, all right, the MVPs are validated with a championship. Two puts you in an era that a lot of people cannot get to. That second championship is like one of the hardest to win. If he can get to four, with what he does, yeah, there you go. If he can get to four, I could see him cracking the top 10. And reason being is, and I love, you know, being RIP to Kobe and whatnot, Jokic would just have better overall statistics. He would he would just have more, other than points, he would have more rebounds, more blocks, more steals, more assists. He would have that. Uh, maybe not steals, actually. Kobe Brown made all defensive team all the time. Um, but he would have more. He would have more blocks, rebounds, and assists. So, like, if he had four championships, I, I would I would listen to the argument. I wouldn't put him there. I think Kobe being twelfth is mind boggling. No, to he's me. ten right now. I'm saying okay, tenth. Yeah. Ten, that's still mind boggling to me. But that's me being biased. If for him to crack that top ten, he would have to do something insane and, and win four or five championships. Four would be the conversation. Five would be all right. Damn, yeah, he he belongs there. It's tough to get there. He's twenty nine now, so he probably he probably would have to win this year. Um, before we get into first five, I had a quick quick question for you, and I, I have I have my answer as well. I know we just got out of All Star break. We're about a week into the you know post All Star break basketball. For you, are there any? interesting stories or interesting things from the first week post all-star game that caught your attention. I have one so you can think while I, uh, while, while I go, I just uh, want- no, there, uh, I'm going to be blunt with you. I really haven't seen any storylines that have been major post, um, the all-star break. Although one that I absolutely love for whoever cares about this type of stuff is the Clippers having a new logo. I thought that <laughs> shit was dope. 
Um, good, good from, you know, me learning today had no idea. And I know there was a lot of people that joked about it on social media. I'm one of them that Clippers was a boat. It was like a ship. Yeah. I had no idea. That's what it stood for. So them bringing that back. I love the logo. I like the look. They're trying to get away from it just being in LA. Right. And I, I give them Balmer's an incredible owner. So like kudos to him for what he does. I think he's trying his best to not be associated with the Lakers, right? And I, I give him a credit for that. This logo that they came up with looks dope. If you guys haven't seen it, go check it out on social media. I, I see here you're searching. So you're, what are you trying to find it? Yeah, I'm trying to find the logo for you. You're good. I, I have it saved, but it's fine. Uh, I think they unveiled it at the right time. Like this is one of their best seasons that they've had where there are, if they stay healthy, a legit title contender. So, you know, I, I think that's probably the only storyline that I would say that I'm, I'm ready for would be, oh, shit, that, that's awesome. Like, they got a new, uh, they got a new emblem for it. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's dope. Keeping the same colors too, blue, red, and, and, um, and like, a, I think it's like a, a tealish. Um, so good for them. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it's a good time because I think they open a new arena, uh, either next year or the year after. Two years. As Steve Ballmer has been, uh, bragging about how many bathrooms it has. <laughs> that's uh, he's he, an awesome owner, man. He's insane, man. He's got he's got more money than he knows what to do with all the Microsoft's shares. Uh, I just wanted to say for my things to fall that was interesting. The Miami Heat, uh, four game winning streak. They've been really good in the past ten. Eight of the past eight of the past ten, they have wins on. And check this out. Right now, they sit six in the Eastern Conference standings. The floundering 76ers, one game ahead of them. I think they pass the 76ers. And look out, man. Nick's sitting at four. No OG and Anobi. I don't know the timetable of Julius Randle. He might be out prolonged periods of time. I would not be surprised if we're sitting here as playoffs start and the Miami Heat have crawled up to four. You know, they've been kind of sleepwalking the first half of the season. Jimmy Butler is all about, he said, his playoff mode activated. And uh, they got into a huge fight the other night with the, I think, the Pelicans. So this team is scrappy. They're returning it on at the right time. I'm just saying, watch out for the Heat. I would not be surprised if they made a huge surge up the standings uh, to end the season. Heat culture typically is a playoff team that they really don't have to do much in the regular season. You just don't want to deal with them in the playoffs because they just like to beat you up. Uh, but a big shout to the kid that's coming off of an injury, Tyler Hero. He's having an incredible season. I think that's part of the reason why they have this surge because it's not just all on Jimmy Butler's shoulders, which it kind of was the last couple of years with him being in and out of the lineup. Uh, so Hero going out there and averaging 20 and 5. I think it's 25 and 5, yeah. 25 and 4, sorry. So he's he's not only just scoring, but he's getting boards and he's getting assists. He's being a playmaker. And we know that he could be a bucket, so it's good to see that he's distributing a second, essentially like a secondary point guard. If he can stay healthy... And they, they are a team that you hate playing in the playoffs. Yeah, this is a team that's going to ruffle some more feathers, especially if they have home court, uh, if they get that four seed. An interesting thing about them is I heard a stat today that Bam and Butler have only played like 20% of their game so far together. So they've been very banged up. They're starting to get healthy. And uh, their rookie's been really good, Jaime Hawkins Jr. as well, if you haven't mm -hmm. checked him out. So yeah. good stuff. He's very gritty. Yeah, Very gritty. he's a heat. He's a heat culture guy for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, good basketball talk. Let's segue into a Frizz's five. I have no idea what it's going to be. Very excited though.
prepare yourselves for the greatest and most unique segment in podcast history. Let's rank some stuff with D. It's time for Frizz's Five. All right, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Like we forgot about it, but we are here. It's been a while since we did a Frizz's Five with me hosting, feels like. I feel like I, other people have done Frizz's Fives. I think Adam gave it Frizz's Five. I think Biddy's gave it Frizz's Five. I think I gave it Frizz's Five before you did one. Yeah, so I mean, this one's this one's a hot one too. Uh, and Trudeau has no idea what this is for, but because it's around the corner, we've been waiting for damn near 10 years for this game to come back. I feel like now is the uh, time to go over a list and not just any list, but one of the dopest lists. My top five. Who are you choosing to rebuild a franchise? Oh, let's in go. NCAA football. I like it. Let me give you the the, the appropriate fanfare for that because that one's a great one. I'm going to have to do some writing right now. Yep. I want you to do some research. I have oh, some honorable mentions, but I'll wait till the end after for that one. So I'm going to give you the reasons why I chose these teams, right? Number five, I'm going to start this one off, right? It's coming out hot. Not only do they rep Nike, great. Not only do they rep black and gold, representing the Saints colors, obviously. But this is for America's team. We're going all the way to South Point. Give me Army, baby. I love I love that one because Army is one of my go-to franchises and uh the 13 version of NCAA football. Here's the thing, though, what drives me crazy or makes no sense in real life. I got Army after like four years so good. And I'm going to like four-star recruits and five-star recruits and be like, yo, come play for Army. And in real life, no way in hell they're going to be like, yeah, I'd love to just throw away, my, throw away my NFL career and just go to the Army after. This is awesome. Serve the country, baby. <laughs> the great US of A. But no, I'm definitely choosing if they are available Army just because, no, their color scheme is dope. Their jerseys are usually amazing. They always got like some digital shit. And who wouldn't want to do it for USA? One other thing that's a positive thing for being a, choosing Army as your franchise is it make you're an independent. And I love being independent. You make your own goddamn schedule. It's great. And I also like a weaker conference because you know what? When I'm building up my program, I don't care if I'm better. ACC's like, come on down. I'm like, nah, I'm good in the Sun Belt. I'm going to keep kicking ass for a little bit until I'm ready. See, this is where you don't do your research. Absolutely not am I staying as an independent because new college football rule when it comes to the 12-team playoffs that they have, the top four ranking, right, they get the buy. An independent does not. You have to be a conference champion. That means if you were the number one team in the country, a la Notre Dame, and they go undefeated, they will be the fifth seed if they don't join a conference. So miss me with that one. That's fine. When you're ready, we'll go to a, go to a conference. <laughs> Number four! Hitting this one out the park for it. I know you may not care about them, but this one's near and dear to my heart. They blue. They white. They rep Nike. I'm going with Mid-Tennessee State. What conference is that? Middle Tennessee State. I believe they play in the Atlantic. Let me get the exact AAU or AAC conference. I think they've moved around because of all these. They used to be in the Sun Belt, but I don't know if the Sun Belt is a thing anymore. It is a thing. Okay, it is, and they are stew. I don't see them in the Sun Belt anywhere. I don't see where the hell they are. I just know that's Middle Tennessee State. Okay, very good. Cool. Number three. The reason why I'm going with this team is because they're in Texas, right? So you go ahead and get UT if you want, right? You got Houston, who's been pretty good. You got Oklahoma, who's right around the corner. 
Give me Texas State, baby. Another team where they are terrible, right? They're maroon and yellow. I don't really care for their colors, uh, but they do rep Adidas, which is part of the reason why I was talking about how to spell them, how to spell that name. Uh, but I think if you have the ability of getting the Texas you know, leftovers to start or the Louisianas or the Oklahoma recruits, the twos and three stars to start, you start cooking, right? You start cooking because you were like, yo, we're in Texas. We got the best athletes, all these five stars. You can clip a four star if you want to just because they can show up to your place. You're like, we can be like UT at some point. Just, you know, we're going to start from the gutter to start off. I'm listening, but I'm like furiously trying to write down my list because there's so many schools to go through. I wish you would told me this before. I would have such a good I list. Didn't I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I want to be list. a surprise for you. Maybe one of these days you'll come up with another one. But I got my number two. This one was not easy to come up with, but because of where they're located, and they're actually a kind of newer team in Division One football, give me Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern, I believe, was one double A for a very, very long time. Uh, they went out and won, you know, their the one double A championship, uh, and they moved up. And since they've moved up, they have not been really good. But a good thing about it, I think they finished, yeah, three. Uh, six and seven last year. They the the Southern Eagles, right? The Georgia Southern Eagles. They're in Georgia, right? So like recruiting, you get Georgia, you get Florida, you get Louisiana. You could probably get Bama in that area, right? When it comes to team or uh, high school recruits, I think that would be a good melting pot area. They're blue and white, so I don't I don't mind the colors or whatnot. I think they're Adidas. I don't care for that. I wish they were Nike, but you know sometimes Adidas has some good some good gear that's going out there. So I think if you started in Georgia, right, and you work your way up. You could become a powerhouse just like the the Bulldogs are right now. I like it. All right. I'm focusing now. My list is complete. So I'm not going to say good. like it for your number one. Let's get, I'm going to give you your proper due respect for your number one franchise starting college for NCAA, whatever, 24. Mm-hmm. If you're not starting with this team, I don't know what the hell is wrong with you. They got the jerseys, they got the stadium, they got the atmosphere, they got the athletes, and most of all, they got Coach Prime. Give me Colorado, oh, baby. Boo. Terrible. Absolutely terrible when it comes to their roster, but Colorado's uniforms this year were fucking dope. They were Oregon-esque. Their fresh whites were nasty. Their white and black bottoms were ridiculous when they played Oregon and they got absolutely stomped. And then they, when they played Colorado state and they brought out the all black uniforms with the black helmet dog, it ain't even about the team. It ain't about the roster. Yeah, I get, they got coach prime, but I don't think they're bringing coaches back. I don't think they're, they're putting coaches identities in the game, but Colorado is it bro. Like I think that team would look dope on a video game. You're so you're saying you want to start with a, uh... A lower school, but now you're going to pick a team that's uh, what? What are they in? Like Big Ten or something? Big Twelve? Yeah, they are in the Pac-12, which is no longer a conference. I think they moved to the Big Twelve. All right, you want a realist? Oh, I got my my honorable mention. Oh and God, the I have the honorable mention for it. Uh, first off, would be Wake Forest. Granted, I was talking about North Carolina, and I was talking about Duke. I think Wake Forest is the shittier version of a North Carolina school. When it comes to football, they are absolutely terrible. But it would be cool to bring back the Demon Deacons, obviously. 
And then last but not least, obviously it's got to be my boys up down in Louisiana, LSU. But the raging hear me out on this one. It no. In order for me to be LSU, and I feel like a lot of my boys would love this one, they would have to go through like the death penalty. Meaning you put everybody on their team as an overall 50 or whatever the worst could be, right? Make them the worst team in college. <laughs> Keep them in the conference. Let them lose for like five straight years to bring down everything when it comes to their prestige and then rebuild that motherfucker up, right? Start, I don't care if they got all 25 overalls. I'm going out there with Jimmy Huchet as my quarterback. 25 overall, throwing the ball backwards, bringing LSU back to the promised land. Okay, so you have you have your gameplay. You're ready. As soon as this game comes out, I'm losing you. You're gone for months at a time. No more podcasting. I've told so many people that I probably will end up like dipping out on so many more response, so many responsibilities because of the amount of time that I'm going to devote to that video game. All right, ready for my list? I have two outside looking in. Okay, the two it. the two outside looking in are just for funsies. I'm not like it's not strategic. Like, oh, this is a a good location. Blah blah blah. UMass obviously got to try to to get the minute men up. You know what I mean? Got to get a show off for Massachusetts. Uh, I also have for some reason a soft spot for this team. I made a dynasty in NCAA 13, and we became a national championship. Marshall University. I don't know why. That's my squad. I mean, they had a hor- Marshall. They had a horrific history with the plane crash. So bring them back for my serious ones. Number five, just because they have a history of having this air raid fun. Offense led by Colt Brennan. Air Force, baby. Oh, no, you go Hawaii. I okay. love I love picking the Rainbow Warriors in Hawaii. I think it's just a fun a fun school. And the Mountain West, so it's like you can shit on people. That was definitely uh, a a dynasty starter earlier on, back when they had Timmy Chang. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him being the QB. Before Colt Brennan, Timmy Chang was the guy. He's slaying it, though. And, yeah, and I can't remember who the wide receiver was, but there was a huge connection that they had, so that definitely liked Hawaii. That must suck being a football player for Hawaii. Because like you have to take like eight hour flights. Every- Everything is an away game, even yes. if you're there. Like if your home games are away games, because like you, you weren't born there, unless you were, you probably have to go home and come back. So it's not fun. Uh, number four. Now this is like strategic. UTEP University of Texas El Paso. You get some of those Texas rejects. Come on down. Get those three stars they don't want. The main reason why I said Texas State versus that team because of them just being a little bit lower on the totem pole, but UTEP is great. Uh, again, with the LSU thing, I'm going with, I like the Raging Cajuns, University of Louisiana Lafayette. All those three stars LSU don't want, come on down to Lafayette. We got you. You got a home here for for days. Big F- shout to, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I was going to comment every time you, you made no, one. No, go, okay. go ahead. Uh, big shouts to Adam Houghton if he's still in here because he did that with ULL, the Raging Cajuns. That was his that was his rebuild team was to make sure that the, the Raging Cajuns were, were good. If you pick a good team on your dynasty, you're, you're a buster. I don't want to talk to you. Seriously. All right. Same idea. Like we all know Florida has some great, great athletes. Too many to go around. I will take all your Florida State rejects. I will take your Miami rejects. FIU, baby. The I don't know what they are, the Panthers, something like that. Give me come Panthers. on, come on down. Number one, I don't know why, but in twenty uh the NCAA twenty thirteen, this team, whatever time anytime I played a dynasty, this team would the computer would run it and this team would become a powerhouse by itself, like top twenty five every year. For some reason, Troy University would always <laughs> become so nasty because they were in Alabama and the game was set up so that all the Alabama had a great athletes because like University of Alabama. And Troy would just start getting four stars and three stars because Alabama only wanted five stars. So I'm picking Troy. It's the easiest place to start a dan- dynasty. 
out on FIU, a uh, bunch of busters. But why do you know? What's, what's up with FIU? A another team that Adam Houghton started with. Um, so like I'm out on that. But second would be um, they they started the the Joe Burrow movement. So fuck them. Good for them, but you know fuck them at the same time. What's the uh, they Joe were the Burrow team, movement? They were they were the team that hit. Um, oh wait, no, it was, it was UCF. Sorry, wrong Florida team. But still, T.Y. Houghton can go screw himself. I don't really care about FIU. Um, but for Troy, I think that's a buster move. I think because of it being in Alabama and they are usually good in real life right now. Yeah, they finished 11 and three. So, yeah, for somebody that just said it's a buster move to start with Bama, Auburn or LSU, you just said you're going to pick the best team in the Sun Sun Belt that's in Alabama. Like that's the same thing to my to my defense. You had four days to prepare for this. I had like. (laughs) 30 seconds, all right? And I think I will start my dynasty when it comes out with Hawaii. I'm going to be a Hawaii rainbow warrior. I don't mind that one. I don't mind it at all. All right, enough of this fantasy, dynasty, college, video game crap. Let's talk some real football. All right, D, this is your this is your brainchild, these segments. So lead us off. What are we doing? Yeah, so we were talking about this off air and via chat just because it's it's the combine week, right? Scouts are finally down or up in Indianapolis, depending on where you're located. Uh, and like this is the time for people to shine. So like obviously I had a couple of questions uh, when it comes to like rankings and like what you think teams would do. Uh, for this time, I'll start off with the wide receivers because like you were questioning, or not even questioning, but like you were talking about. Uh, this being one of the deepest classes or talking heads say this is one of the deepest classes like in college football history. So like what are some of the names that like I would say bring outside of Marvin Harrison Jr. because of that? What are some of the names that you're hearing? If you don't have any, I can you know give you a rip for them. No, no worries. That, that's fine. Just so that you're aware of this, the reason why these guys are being comped for them, Marvin Harrison Jr., prime example of just an absolute freakish athlete, right? They're giving comparisons to like a Julio Jones and like a, I believe it's AJ Green compare like mixture, which is tall, speedy wide receiver, catch radius out the fucking window. Like this dude can run crisp ass routes and probably one of the best highlights that we've ever seen. You see the catch that he made where he jumped up, looked like he was getting pushed out of bounds and he brought back one leg to stay in bounds for it. Looked like he tore his ACL because of it. Mm-hmm. That's just like being athletically gifted, right? 99 out of 100 people couldn't make that catch. He was the one that could. Uh, granted, two feet in the NFL, but it's still an, an amazing catch to make in college, especially when that's what you practice for. Uh, some of these other names that, like, they kind of, I won't say fall off, but, like, it's Harrison's here, and then two through 10 are really damn good. They're all very close together. It's Malik Neighbors. Familiar with that name? Yes. Ooh, wide receiver out of LSU. Um, stocky build, stocky body, very similar to like a Jamar Chase. Granted, it's out of LSU, so like they they happen to have the same type of wide receiver over and over that comes out together. And I think he's you know he's gonna run a four four forty, so like definitely a speedy wide receiver. If you're like mid ten area looking for a wideout and you've already gotten your quarterback, I think this is a, a great pick. This would be somebody like should Kirk Cousins stay in Minnesota. You grab him at 11 and you have him siding with like a Jettas, right? You have him alongside Justin Jefferson uh, to try to give him some help. 
And then you have that third wide receiver because there was a rookie wide out last year. Do you remember the rookie wide receiver that played for Minnesota last year? I don't, but I was actually going to throw this as a counter. So Minnesota's at 11. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be more of a Jets move. Getting Aaron Rodgers back, putting all the chips in the center of the table, and going out and getting a wide receiver to pair. Yeah, I mean, they do need another. What's the Jets pick this year? I didn't even have them up there because I... They're 10. They're picking 10. They're 10. Right, one pick okay. out of Minnesota. If that's the case, then I could see that happening um, outside of... C um, I was going to say CJ Wilson, but uh, Wilson, Garrett, Garrett Wilson. Um, I think he'd be a great fit for them. The wide receiver that I was talking about was uh, Jordan Addison um, from right, Minnesota. Right, right. He was good. Yes. Yeah, great, great season for him. So, like, yeah, I think if you're able to keep... Rogers happy, keep him healthy. If you picked up a wide receiver, this is, would be that perfect spot for it. Uh, third on the list is the kid that's out of Washington, Romadu Adunze. That name is so hard for me to pronounce, um, but he is nasty. And this is like a tall, this is like a small man's version of Megatron, meaning like he's, uh, let me get the exact size. I believe he was what his, his metrics were like 6'3. Let me get the exact for you. Just like somebody that's going to run the route tree for you. Rome Aduze is, yeah, 6'3", 215. That's a massive wide receiver. And he had, obviously, Michael Penix Jr. thrown to him. Um, but, like, somebody that could run 4'4", four, 4'5". Four, four, and you're like, 4'5", is not all that fast. It's like, if you are 6'3", 215 pounds, moving at a 4'5 speed, that is fast. That is moving. I don't think there's going to be another 6'4 wide receiver running a 6'3", like a Megatron. Um, but, like, this is a, a great wide receiver comp that, like, if you're the Jets, if you're the, uh, I was saying Minnesota, somebody wow. that has a quarterback and a wide receiver and a, a, a complimentary wide receiver, he would definitely be a great pick for him. So I'm looking at a mock draft right now, and they have you had you were talking about Malik Neighbors, right? Last, mm -hmm. they're saying potentially Neighbors six to the Giants, which I think that would be a complete misstep because they need a quarterback badly, unless the top three quarterbacks and Jaden Daniels, uh, Drake May, Cape Williams already gone. I would try to trade up. And you know, get rid of the Daniel Jones situation. Um, but they have neighbors to the Giants, and they have a, a Dunze to the Titans, which also like is a bit of a head scratch because there's so many needs there outside of wide receiver. I'm not going wide receiver if I'm, if I'm New York. Um, you got to find a way to get a quarterback, and even if you have um, that pick and you you don't get a quarterback, you got to pick a lineman. You you can't go wide receiver. You can't go athlete. When Daniel Jones almost broke the record for you know sacks when he was on the field healthy, are you frozen? Oh no, you're okay. You were no, just I'm, not moving. I'm, I was, I, my mind was blown at this. This is a terrible mock draft. This mock draft also has Jaden Daniels going ahead of Drake May. Making that's not making Patriots fans very happy having May drop to number three. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibilities. Jaden Daniels going number two. Um, where's Kuiper? Uh, I need Kuiper's draft. I don't, I can't do this. I don't think he's released one yet. Um, but I guess just, just to wrap out the, the wide receivers, cause I know this is what you were, you were, you were wondering. Um, Brian Thomas jr. Another wide receiver out of LSU, uh, a little bit bigger, six, four, two Oh five. So he's not as speedy, but he's got the ability to run the route tree and obviously go, go grab it. Uh, and then the last one, which a lot of people have him like a little bit lower and I don't understand is Keon Coleman. Kid that played out of Florida State, 6'4", 215. Like, th these wide receivers, they're not like the speedy guys, right? Like, they're not the the little 5'10", 5'1", Tyreek Hills. These are like big-ass wideouts that are coming out, and they're like, yo, I'm going to make a stamp on 
on on my first year and you guys th throw me the ball because I will be the best athlete out there. I'm pretty sure the top five wide receivers, yeah, they're 6'3 or above. There's no small speedy guys that are coming out or I won't say that are not coming out, but the ones that are being talked about, is, is they're all tall, which is ridiculous. Yeah, this is a crazy wide receiver draft class. And, you know, one of the sentiments I was telling you that I heard previously is that you might see people who historically, you know, get a like a late first round draft grade. But because the the depth and talent is so deep, there are teams saying, well, if we're not getting Marvin Harrison Jr., what's the drop off between wide receiver three and ten? And it's not as large as in previous years. So maybe you fill a different position in the second round and draft that number 10 wide receiver at the top of the third. Or you don't draft him at the end of the first and you draft number six wide receiver middle of the second. So like there might be a situation where great talent slides down the draft because there's so much depth at a single position. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I, there are some teams that are at the top of the draft that like you can't miss right now, right? Like I feel like if you are the Giants, you can't you can't reach for a guy. You have to pick the right pick, and I think that one of their biggest needs is offensive linemen outside of a wide outside of a quarterback. So I, I'm not going athlete at that position in the top six. I, I can't oh, say oh. a single offensive position that the Giants have that is a strength. Like you could. You could maybe say Waller, but he was pretty mid last year. Their Saquon's going to be gone. I can't name a single wide receiver that was impressive for the Giants last year. It's just the whole thing is just a mess. Rightfully so. I mean, that, that kind of goes into like the uh, the segment that I want, not even a segment, but like the part that I was going to talk about is teams, right? And we all know the the top three, which is Chicago, Washington, and New England. I think this whole situation with the quarterback and you know we'll talk about it when it comes to uh, free agency after too but right now we don't know what the hell is going on with Chicago Chicago has the trump card which is going to change the landscape of the quarterback position you don't think it will i, I know i mean there's no doubt what's going to happen with, with Chicago it, it makes sense like what do you mean like are they going to draft may or are they going to draft Caleb Williams is that the question you have are they going to keep Justin oh, no. trade him oh he's gone he gone Riding on the for him to be traded but he needs to be traded soon is what i'm saying because teams are going to get desperate and then uh, other people are going to be like yo if you're if you're not going to do this like i'm going to try to work with this team to try to get this position because what they could do is they draft caleb and then trade justin after which lowers his value which which would be awful chicago can't fumble this is what i'm saying and right now they 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 hold the trump card of if they can get the right piece especially if it's a um they have the ninth pick too. There's another team that's like Tennessee that could be a sleeping giant. Uh, I think it was uh, Arizona doesn't need a quarterback, so like they could get up into like like there are teams that they could trade for and dominate this draft. But if they don't, they're going to be in some serious trouble. I think I think they'll trade them soon. I think it's just a matter of they're pitting multiple teams against each other. There's a couple teams that I've heard are interested in, in making the trade. Uh, the biggest one's obviously Atlanta. They've been very interested in Justin Fields and continue, continue to talk to, the, to them about him. Uh, Pittsburgh, obviously, cutting Kenny Pickett and their quarterback prospects are pretty dire. What they have, Mason Rudolph and... Uh, who else is it? Mitch Trubisky on the roster. And, they don't, and they're not in a position to draft a quarterback. That would be... No, they're, a, they're in the 20 area. Yeah, so... 
Uh, and there's there's one more. I'm trying to think what the other team was potentially. Denver maybe, um, because obviously cutting Russell Wilson free. Uh, they are what that they're they're drafting 12th, so they could get a quarterback. But you're not getting one of the big three. And I don't think they have the capital to trade up because of the Russell Wilson trade as well. So yeah, Denver and Vegas. Vegas was the other team. And potentially, I don't think they would make the trade. It would be spicy if they did. But obviously, we're talking also Minnesota uh, in need of a quarterback unless they do re-sign Kirk, Kirk Cousins, do the Kirk Cousins things again. But I doubt that would happen because it's in division. Uh, so, I mean, if, you, if you're Chicago, you have a couple suitors. You try to pit them against each other and drive up the value. I don't think he's on the team by draft night. It just doesn't make sense to me. This team in Chicago is not good enough now to win. And if they're going to need a few more years to rebuild this roster, why not reset like the term, reset the clock? You're not going to pay uh, all this money on a, a rookie extension. You're going to reset the clock, draft a quarterback, and get four, buy yourself four more years before you have to pay a quarterback. Yeah, I, I feel you on that one. I just, the last, I don't know who's going to trade for who's going to trade for Justin in the top five, top 10, top 15, you might get like a, I don't, I know the asking price is going to be high for him, but they're, they don't have the ability to do what Houston did. Houston got three first rounders because of, uh, was it, was it Miami? They got the first round pick for, which allowed them to, to draft the quarterback. Yeah. For Tunsil. Yeah, quarterback, wide receiver, and lineman and linebacker, and like that flipped their entire franchise. Well, I don't think if you're the Bears, you don't have to do this all in one year. Like if you can grab, let's say, let's say Atlanta moves up from eight, or excuse me, if they if they trade Fields to Atlanta, or no, I'm sorry, where are we in? Yeah, if they trade Fields to Atlanta, they can get the eighth overall pick potentially, maybe like a second. I, I honestly think at this point. For Fields, you're probably not going to get a high first. That's I, what I'm saying. I think what you're going to get for Fields, and I think it's fine. If you can get a second, a good second round pick, and maybe a future second, that I think you'd be happy with that deal. So if you're if you're talking to the Falcons, you're getting pick number was it 32 teams? So you're getting pick number 40 in this year's draft, and then a future second. I think the trade makes sense for Atlanta because you're not giving up that much. You have a great team, and if you're the Bears. I mean, two first-round picks is nothing to turn your nose against. I mean, second-round picks are nothing to turn your nose up against. Yeah, if you're in the rebuilding stage, which I again, I I I like Justin. Um, do I like him in Chicago? No, but it's you, you're throwing a huge wild card out there, get, getting rid of what you what you think you could have versus the unknown, which is you know a Caleb Williams. Well, I think you know what you have at this point. It's been three years. You have to have some sense if this guy is the guy who can be an elevator versus just a dude that's going to play within the framework. Three years, three off of court, three offensive coordinators, three head coaches. There's no consistency to say that this is just not Justin Fields. No. And that's why I, I think I'll tell you, it just sucks that like that we're talking about this man's career. Who's been in shambles as a office, as a, as a staff before, you know, he actually gets his chance to shine. Yeah. I mean, I think, that will entice teams like the Falcons, like the Steelers, to make the move because they're looking at the situation and saying, well, the team failed him. And I think he could still be great. Don't get me wrong, but I think if you are indeed the Bears and you have all this time with him in the building, you you have to have some understanding of whether it's him or the coaching staff. I'll tell you on that one. I get it. Cool. Well, I mean, if that's... 
basically where we're at, we already know what the what the quarterback position is, right? It's it's Caleb, it is Jaden Daniels, it's Drake May. I've seen JJ McCarthy move up into the top five for for quarterbacks. Yeah, oddly enough, I don't understand that move. Um, but you know, we talk about Bo Nix and we talk about Michael Penix Jr. It really depends on who who values what, right? Who values what trait? JJ McCarthy didn't really make mistakes because he had an incredible team around him. Michael Penix Jr. had a lot more to burden on his shoulder, but kind of tanked in the biggest game that he could have possibly played in, right? Um, and then you got Bo Nix, who has just been consistent for the past three to four years, started in Auburn, moved over to uh, uh, to Oregon, and played pretty decent, nothing, nothing too crazy. And then I think after you get past Penix Jr. is when it just, yeah, it, it nosedives. Where you're like, all right, if we're here, we're not picking a quarterback. We'll wait till next year. I saw the first mock draft I looked at. They had J.J. McCarthy to the Broncos at 12, which is bananas. And then I saw the CBS Sports one. I think he was like a top seven. No, he was going to the Falcons, which is bananas at eight. Uh the thing with those, those three quarterbacks, right? I think Penix might be the most talented of the three, but the issue with Penix is that we don't know. He's he's obviously older. I think he's 24, 25 years old. I don't know what his exact age is. I might be 24. But he's had two major knee injuries, two ACL tears. If he gets injured again, that might be donezo. Like his career might be over. So you you might be drafting a lemon there, like a car that looks good leaving the dealership and falls apart as soon as you bring it home. Bo Nix, I think we know who Bo Nix is. He's had a lot of tape. I think he's a was he is he a red shirt senior this year? Yes, he's been in the league for very. He's been in college for a very long time. He he was very accurate at Oregon. He looked great this year. But again, it's like where is the upside with him? And then I think. The reason why J.J. McCartney is rising the board is that he might have the most unknown factor of the second group of quarterbacks, a little more excitement, like this guy could have a higher ceiling. And with with, with quarterbacks, like we know as football fans like how important that position is. And if there's scarcity right after the top three, someone's going to reach and just be like, I am the Broncos. I need a quarterback. We just got rid of Russell Wilson. We have nothing. And we could either overpay the shit out of some free agent quarterback or we can just reach down up in the draft or down in the draft and just hope that this works out um and the reason why i say that is we've seen that from mock drafter to mock draft to mock draft it goes mccarthy first out of the second group bonix and Penix is usually the last man out so do i agree with the move of potentially the Falcons or potentially the Broncos to make that reach. No, I think it's going to burn them. That's happened historically in the past. Think of like guys like EJ Manuel, uh, Drew Locke, like guys that have been reached on in drafts in the past and they never work out. What's that? That's the Drew Locke celebration that he did at Missouri and then he got his ass whooped after he did it. And then, of course, everybody was mocking him after. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I... I mean, the, the problem, not problem, but like the, the tough part about drafting a quarterback is you do have to sometimes reach. You have to throw darts up against the wall and be like, hopefully this guy hits. Hopefully this guy hits. Because if you're banking on like a Jalen Hurts, not going to work out. If you're banking on Lamar Jackson, not going to work out. And I say that as in people that are drafted later. 
uh, in the draft, second round potentially. I know Lamar Jackson was first round pick, thirty second, essentially a second round. That's not easy to find, right? Um, you gotta, you have, if you think you need a quarterback and you think, like you were saying, this guy might be a spark, I have to reach, I, I have to grab him because if you're Denver or one of these other teams that don't have a, a the, the Vegas Raiders, um, Minnesota's losing out on Kirk Cousins. The Saints, we don't know what the hell is going on with 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 Derek Carr. Like these are teams, th- th- Tennessee with Tannehill. These are teams that are like, we don't know what our future is, and it's very limited in the free agency market. Why don't we throw a dart at this? You know, at this wall, it lands on a quarterback. We get three or four years chance. Owners are like, we're gonna fire a head coach if you suck anyway. So like, just draft them. Versus us rolling out recycled quarterbacks that continuously fail. Yeah, I think that's one thing that we don't we overlook as fans sometimes is that you have GMs trying to save their jobs constantly. And the idea is like if you draft a quarterback in the first round and we you know, we're always like, Well, he needs time to develop. We don't know what he's like. We just talked about Justin Fields a minute ago. He's three years in and we're just we're still like he might be good. I don't know. We he needs more time. If you're a GM and you're, re- you're resetting the clock on a quarterback, you're, you might not get fired if you're still like, hey, this is going to be our guy. Like, I think he's, he just needs time to develop versus bringing in a retread guy and uh, it's just not working out and you're getting canned. It's, it's a weird angle. But my, my larger point is that historically in the past, I have to look up all the examples. I can't, I can't list them off the top of my head, but like when teams reach, like if they're, you know, drafting 10 through 20 and they reach to grab that quarterback that maybe had a late first, early second round grade, historically, it's not really panned out. I can't think of, a, of one example where a team reached and it, it worked out well for them. I think the most um, most recent would be Rosen, Josh. That, is Josh that, Rosen. that didn't work out. Oh, didn't work at all. Um, and they ended up drafting a quarterback the very next year. Um in Kyler Murray, but yeah, I think that would be off the top of the noggin that I can remember first rounder that people were like, huh? I don't know I mean, if Patrick Daniel, Mahomes Daniel counts as that one potentially. Daniel Jones is a great, great shout because like people were trashing the Giants for that pick, and I mean, it looks like it. I uh, he looked. I don't like Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes, uh, he can't stay healthy, and when he is healthy, he's kind of mid. Uh, yeah, uh, Josh Josh Rosen was pick ten. Uh, so that was one of those like eh, we kind of get that. I saw the comment too. If you're smiling at it, <laughs> I, smiled. I, I, I wish, wanted to throw it up I there. Wish. Just throw it out there. My boy Spillboy, for those that are unaware of it, Spillboy, the NBA 2K Labs, I would say admin up in here in our chat. Appreciate you. But yes, if if you missed out on a Tatum discussion, I'm sorry about that, brother. We already went in on check Jason that podcast Tatum. the next day. Hit us up tomorrow. Hit us up on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, um, I think it, it would be tough. But if you if it doesn't work, you have to do exactly what Arizona did, which was you have to. What's the phrase that you said? Um, it's not damaged goods, but there's a phrase where like you can't if you're losing out on your bet, right? Not bet, but like you some costs, some costs. Yes, Arizona was like, nope, get him out of there. We're not we're not dealing with this. Let's get Kyler Murray in there. And I'm not saying that Kyler Murray was like a world beater where like he's been like an MVP candidate, but like he, when he's healthy, he's kept them relevant. He's, he did more than what Josh Rosen did and what Josh Rosen hasn't been able to do since he's left the team. So you have to, you have to understand that like it, the quarterbacks are not easy to find. 
even if they have a perfect talent, it's got to fit the perfect scheme. So like you, you, you look at this guy and you're like, is JJ my guy? Is Michael my is Michael Penix Jr. my guy? Or is is Bo Nix my guy? I don't know. But like I don't trust Gardner Minshew coming in here. I don't trust Jameis Winston coming in here, and I sure as hell don't know what I'm going to I know I'm going to get out of Kirk Cousins, a hell of a regular season, and then nothing in the postseason. Yeah, I had a question for you. How do you, as as a big-time NFL fan, how do you feel about the top three in the draft as far as the quarterback situation is concerned? Because I've seen a lot of crazy shit over the past couple of days. My gut feeling is Caleb Williams still goes first, but I've been seeing a lot of potentially Drake May going first. I've seen couple mock drafts where Drake may goes third and Jaden Daniels goes second. I've never seen Jaden Daniels go as far as one. Uh, but like to you, what are the pros and cons of each of these guys at the top? And like, where would you be picking if you were the GMs of these three teams? If I had the choice and let's say I had all three picks, right? I was the GM and had all three picks and I had one, two and three. My order would be Caleb, Williams out of USC, Jaden Daniels out of LSU, and then Drake May. Reason being is what what what's happening with Caleb Williams is people are seeing his last year that he had at USC and they're holding it against him. The dude had nobody on his team. Mm. Not only did USC have an awful awful defense, but he had no with all of these wide receivers that we're talking about that are coming out in this draft. None of them are coming out of USC. And they had Mahomes-esque quarterback play. Now, granted, I think he's very skittish when it comes to specific times in the pocket. He's got to learn to play within the system. But you're you're not passing up on a guy that was up there for that won a high. Did he win a Heisman? I won. I think he won it last year. Yeah. So he won a Heisman. He's played three years at a very high level, and he's proven that he can actually elevate a team when he gets the opportunity. You're not passing out on some of his arm talent that he has because of one season where he still played better statistically than his Heisman season. They just didn't win. I would say they didn't have a winning record. Um, Jaden Daniels, the reason why I give him the edge over a Drake may is because of the competition. And this isn't the bias of being LSU, but LSU plays a better comp in the sec than North Carolina does. And Drake May's season went backwards. Unfortunately, it wasn't a Caleb Williams go backwards where like you were at the top of the top and you just didn't perform as well, so your team lost, he wasn't ever considered the best quarterback in college football. He was considered second or third. And then he had a worse season. So, like, I understand that there's not as much talent in North Carolina, but Jaden Daniels revamped his entire mechanic, revamped his entire career to be able to accurately throw the ball downfield, distribute it amongst a plethora of talent to get two wide receivers that are considered top five in their class. Go ahead. Well, here's what I, here's where I'm objecting because a moment ago you talked about Caleb Williams and him succeeding or not looking as sharp this year due to the lack of talent around him. Like you, you gave him the benefit of the doubt, right? You said his his missteps this year is not his fault because of talent. On the flip side, Jaden Daniels has two wide receivers on this team, but projected both to be top twenty picks. So I don't know how you can give one guy the benefit of the doubt or actually give both guys the benefit of the doubt saying that Jaden Daniels is making the wide receivers better when we know he has extra great talent on his team. Like 
how do I know what this guy looks like when he this, when the shit is tough and the situation's tough? Like if he goes to New England, let's say he drops to three, like I don't have confidence that anyone could succeed there, let alone Jaden Daniels, who has had supreme talent on his side at LSU this year. Completely understandable for it. What I would say is with Caleb Williams, it was he increased his statistics. He had a higher accuracy rating, um, a completion percentage. He had more yards per game. He had more touchdowns than he had his Heisman year. So, like when I say a step back, it was team success. It, it wasn't so much of like what he did on the field. He just happened to be less successful in the win loss oh, no. column. I'm not, I'm not objecting to your um, Caleb Williams opinion. I'm objecting to your Jaden Daniels opinion because cool. Because I'm I'm just saying like how do we know that his numbers aren't propped up because of the talent around him? And the reason why I would say it's not so much about the talent, but like the the type of quarterback he is. Is because of specific statistics. I don't have the exact number, but I'm sure you'll look it up after this. But he led college football in passes downfield plus 30, 40 yards, completion percentage, and touchdowns. Meaning he, in the NFL, where windows are small and you have to get the ball downfield, yes, he's got Thomas and he had um, neighbors, but he took risks. He took risks that other quarterbacks didn't take and he completed them at a higher clip than like in the history of college football, some of these quarterbacks that have played. So it's not just he has, he's just chucking well, it down. It's, it's there. not, like he, you're an LSU guy, so like, I just want to ask you this. It's not that the guys are like, like these wide receivers are blowing by by dudes and it's easy passes. Are, it, are the completions in tough windows downfield, or is it just the wide receivers are creating this, this pocket between them and the defensive back that it's just anyone can make the pass? It is tight window passes. Okay. It is post across the across the middle. It is, you know, goes on the right sideline, goes on the left sideline. When you get a chance to take a look at the tape, definitely feel free to. Um, the only and again, the reason why I would pit I think Drake May is an incredible talent. I think he he showed it two seasons ago, six four, two thirty, Ben Roethlisberger S type quarterback, right? Big bulky dude. I think he'll he shows that he has the NFL body. He has exactly Josh Allen style, right? Big ass dude that is pretty athletic and can launch the ball. He did play against North. He played in North Carolina. So like he didn't play against as great of talent. And he didn't, for me, I feel as though he took a step backwards from his junior sophomore, so sophomore season than what his junior year was. And that's the year that you're supposed to elevate yourself. Jaden Daniels from junior to, sorry. Uh, yeah. From junior to senior year, complete 180. And I think because of that, it's not just recency bias, but the talent that he has, cupped along with the competition that he played, along with the Heisman that he won, yeah, I, I think there's bigger upside for a Jaden Daniels versus a Drake May, which is why if I... I'm not saying I wouldn't draft him. That would just be my order, Williams, Daniels, and, and May. That's fair. I mean, Daniels, to my understanding, is crazy athletic as far as how how fast he is he's there's people saying like a four five forty type speed not not like your lamar jackson's shifty but but break ahead speed is is helpful there um the only the one knock also is that he is a bit scrawny um <laughs> you know i don't know what his what his weight profile is but i think he's something like what uh six four two fifteen or something like that like he's not a a large yeah, man. It says it's four two ten. Okay. To put it in perspective, I think Caleb Williams is listed as six one two fifteen. So he's technically bigger than him, but he's scrawnier. He's a, he's a smaller build, which yes. 
you know, if you're drafting a franchise guy, it does give you a little bit of a concern that is my quarterback going to snap in half when uh, one of the Bosa brothers come after him. You know what I mean? Whereas Drake may, you know. After the hits that he took to start the season, we saw segments on ESPN of like, how did Jaden Daniels get hit this week? Like he was getting absolutely rocked, but he got up, right? Strapped up his bootstraps. He got back on the huddle and then he would launch it down the field 60 yards for a touchdown. So like I'm seeing him take hits and he's taking hits against guys that play for Alabama or play for Georgia. I will say this. If Jaden Daniels goes second, I'm sure a lot of Patriots fans will be very happy to get Drake May at third. I feel like he fits the New England better. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I'm saying there, but you, you get my drift. Anyways, you want to you want to close out? This was a good show. It was good to talk some NFL draft with you, a little basketball. You ready to get into this last segment? Let's get it. The show is coming to an end. But first, it's time to get to anything we've missed. It's closing time. One segment, two takes. Closing takes, the time where we get to go a little off topic, off script, and uh, kind of say whatever we want that we've missed today from the week of pop culture, sports, whatever. I'm going to kick us off, D. Cam Newton. Why the fuck is anyone trying to fight Cam Newton? Have you ever... I think Cam Newton's like 6'5", 260. He's like, he is an enormous man. And I think there was like a, some sort of AAU-type football thing going on camp. in somewhere... In, was it in Atlanta? Where, where was it? It was Atlanta. Okay. And a group of young lads decided they want to fight Cam Newton. Um, there was like six of them. And he was just fending them all off at ease and just tossing them. And I just want to ask, what type of dumb motherfucker sees a, sees a specimen like Cam Newton and says, yeah, I want to fight that person. Hell no. Hell no. It takes a special kind of stupid to do that. Um, a, culture-wise, I think this is dumb. I think this is the, the, the stupidest thing that like could happen when it comes to these types of camps. And B, this is a massive be- like human being. Like, it, I don't care. Like, this is how you know, A, they can't fight. And B, they're just dumb as it took six or seven of them. And B, the, I think, which is absolutely hilarious, Cam Newton's hat stayed on the entire time. Like, <laughs> we know that he's got dreads like myself. I don't know if it was a visor where, like, it was strapped along. You know what I mean? Like, wrapped around and Velcroed in the back so it makes it harder. But, like, his hat stayed on. So, like, he's... You know what I mean? He's throwing punches and he's keeping his hat on like Ray J in the old Vine videos. But like, I, you clearly weren't able to get to him. And like, as this is happening, he's smiling. You know, his million dollar <laughs> smile that he has. So again, stupid for, for those guys to throw away whatever life they had as a, as a, as a, as a professional football player or a college athlete even because Cam got connections. You know, one of the best college players of all time. He's not going to be like, yeah, this dude, he belongs to go to Alabama. Like, he's he's not going to write you off for that. So one of these idiots tried to give him the Irish whip. You know the wrestling movie, throw the person off the turnbuckle. Yeah, like like they like he thought Cam Newton was going to whip back to him and give him the rock bottom or some stupid shit. Like that's when you know you don't know how to fight and you're doing the, an absolutely terrible thing for your future. 
Stupid. Absolutely stupid. Yeah, I, the video floating around is dumb. All right, what you got for me? So mine's recent, and I don't give a damn because, like, I'm going to keep it 100 when it comes to what we were actually just talking about with Cam Newton. Kind of very uh, related. I got a bone to pick, and he's not going to listen to this show. I could care less. He probably has no idea who the hell I am. I don't care less about that either. Mr. Bill Connolly that works for ESPN. I want to congratulate you for give, for allowing me to say you put out the stupidest list in the history of lists that I've ever seen. So ESPN and Sports Center put out a Facebook and social media post earlier today. It was on Instagram. My apologies. And they put out who's considered the top 10 quarterbacks in college football between the 2000s. They started off with Baker Mayfield being number one. What? You know how pissed off I was for this? Like, th- this is their ranking. Okay. And, and I'll, we go over if you want to. We have to go in depth for it. They got Baker Mayfield ranked number one. Cam Newton ranked number two. This is why I say it's related. Thank you. Vince Young, three. Tebow, four. And then you got Burrow, Deshaun, Kyler, Lamar, Marcus. We're talking national champions and Heisman winners behind Baker fucking Mayfield. Like, you have no idea. How, like, if, if remember a while ago, I was like, we all deserve like one elbow per day. Like, if you elbow somebody, you can get elbowed. <laughs> it, it's no, no 12 to 6, right? Like, that's fucked up. But, like, if I walk up to somebody with pow, he would be probably, like, in my top 10 now. So, Mr. Bill Connolly, this a dumbass list. You you executed it perfectly when it comes to the clickbait because you pissed me off. And just know that you're on my hit list when it comes to people I don't like. I didn't, even, I didn't even open the link you sent me. When I told you my top three, I, I had... My top three was your... His two, three, four. I had... Vince at number one, then I had Cam at number two and Tebow at three. I, who was the who was the back of the list? I, I just wanted to. Hear yeah, that ten again. through five, starting with ten, was Marcus Mariota, Mariota. Sorry, uh, Robert Griffin the third, Marcus Mariota, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson. Does uh, Johnny Football have a case to be in the back of the list 20, too? Twenty tens. Oh, okay. It was only 2010. It was only the 2000s. Yeah. It, it, like, it's weird. They say 2000s, but like they didn't put... It was like early 2000s, 2010s. They tried to throw in because like they messed up with the wording. But yeah, Johnny Football, I would even put above Baker Mayfield because of what he did in the SEC. Just like, again, a dumbass list. Yeah, I, I don't list. understand it. That That's so, one of those yeah. lists that you're just, he's just trying to piss people off and get people to click on the article. Because you, know you know what it did, D? You got pissed off. You sent it to me, and I and I was supposed to click on it and give him another click. So that's brilliant. We need to do shit like that with our show. Maybe I just need to start saying things like Jason Tatum is actually the second best player on his team and stop pissing people off. That would... if We, we need to be more like Stephen A is what it comes down to. We need to just say some crazy, hot, takey shit. Per, Perk's the best with that. He just says shit he doesn't believe just to, you know, get them clicks. Pisses people off. It works. All right. Good show today. Fun as always. Thanks for hanging out with us live or listening on podcast. D, thanks for hanging out with me. It's been a fun, fun episode. You want to get the people out here, right? Absolutely, man. You know, I love it and I appreciate you having me in here. Um, granted, it was your show first. So I appreciate you coming it's back. Our show, at me. man. See, let's do this. But no, every time you guys are in here, we love it. We absolutely love the comments that are made, whether it's Facebook or Twitch. We love it when you guys reach out to us and comment on our Facebook page the next day or you rate and subscribe when it comes to Apple Podcasts. So I'm going to throw all the socials for you guys. When you get a chance, hit us up on Facebook, hit us up on Twitch or the X, whatever it's called now. 
You can find me on Twitch. You can find us on YouTube when it comes to recaps. More importantly, the website's at the bottom, frizzinthegrizz.com. If you get a chance, give us a website. Click it. Definitely helps boost our morale. I got to show you something after this, too. We can actually claim our podcast on Google. You get a chance so we can actually make a Wikipedia page if you want to. We're oh, getting big timer. That'd be funny. Yeah. Definitely find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you guys get a chance. And every time that we are heading up out of here, please, please, please make sure y'all take care of y'all mentals. Please make sure y'all take care of y'all physicals. It's almost summertime. Please take care of y'all chicken. Take care of y'all cheering. And we'll catch y'all on the rebound. Peace.